If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There was a little girl named Abby. Abby was about five years old, and she loved going to Sunday school. Each Sunday, her parents would pull into the church parking lot, and Abby would bolt out of the car, and she would skip down the sidewalk, headed off to Miss Debbie's Sunday school class. They were learning about Jesus, and Abby couldn't wait to get to class every Sunday. Every so often, Abby would pass an old man walking on the sidewalk. He, too, was headed to church. Abby noticed that the old man looked a bit sad, maybe even angry. One Sunday, as she skipped by him, she stopped and turned around and said, Hi, my name is Abby, and I'm going to Sunday school. We're learning about Jesus. What's your name? The old man answered gruffly, Joe. My name's Joe. Abby smiled and said, have fun at church, Mr. Joe. After that, almost every Sunday, Abby would pass by Mr. Joe on the sidewalk. She would stop and smile. Good morning, Mr. Joe. Have fun at church. Mr. Joe seldom responded with more than a nod or a grunt. Now, old Joe was well known by many of the churchgoers. He was usually referred to as the grumpy old man. Many wondered why he even attended church. But his grumpy demeanor didn't seem to bother Abby. What no one knew was that Joe would arrive at church early each Sunday and wait in the parking lot. He would wait for Abby's parents to round the corner before he got out of the car to begin his slow walk to church being sure to time things just right so that he didn't miss Abby. One Sunday, Abby waited for Joe after Sunday school and church was over. She could hardly contain her excitement. Mr. Joe, Mr. Joe, she shouted as she searched for Joe in the crowd as they left church. She was so excited. When she found him, she said, look, Look what I got in Sunday school today. She held out a small, shiny gold cross that was on a chain that hung around her neck. I learned all my Bible verses about Jesus, and Miss Debbie gave me this pretty cross to remind me that Jesus is always with me. It even has a red ruby right here in the middle. That's my birthstone. Mr. Joe looked at the cross and replied to Abby, didn't your teacher tell you that Jesus' cross didn't look anything like yours? His cross was old, made of rough wood, and stained with his blood. It didn't look like yours. It certainly didn't have a ruby in the center of it. Everyone around held their breath began to shake their heads just a little bit, waiting to see how Abby would respond. But Abby's smile 
it didn't fade in the slightest. And she replied, I know, Mr. Joe, but we also learned that everything that Jesus touches, he makes perfect. I just know that Jesus touched my cross to make it so beautiful. And that's why the red rubies in the center, his blood is still there. In today's gospel reading, we get to witness not one, but two miracles. Two events when reaching out and touching another causes profound healing, cleansing, and even a new perfection. And since there are two miracles, the sermon gets to be twice as long. <laughs> no doubt you have heard this sermon or this reading before. And most likely, Jairus and the woman were depicted as examples of great faith, and indeed they are. But is there something more than just faith demonstrated by Jairus and the woman who touched Jesus' clothing? At first glance, Jairus and the woman are examples of polar opposites of the culture and class system of the day. Jairus, a leader in the synagogue, wealthy, well-respected, a man of unquestioned authority. He represented the most elite and powerful of the society of the day. Simply the sound of his voice would send people scampering to follow his orders. In stark contrast, the woman, unnamed, even in Mark's account of the story, would have been the worst of all social outcasts. Because of her condition, she would be considered endlessly unclean, banished from any social gatherings, banished even from her family members, forbidden to touch or to be touched by another person so as not to make them unclean as well. She would have been a woman living a life of complete abandonment and loneliness. From the gospel account, she apparently had been a woman of some wealth, but spent it all on doctors who were not able to improve her condition. These two characters could not have been more different, or so it would seem. But taking a closer look, we find that they do indeed have some things in common. Jairus had no doubt already solicited the expert from every physician in the city to treat his gravely ill daughter, but to no avail, just as the woman had done. As a synagogue leader, an authority figure, Jairus was not accustomed to begging at anyone's feet. The woman had been in isolation for 12 years, just being in public, knowing the punishment and ridicule that she might have to endure for doing so. You can imagine the thoughts going through her mind. She was literally risking everything. So both Jairus and the woman were desperate. 
so desperate that they would do or say anything for a chance to experience what they so desperately needed. Their desperation could have taken the form of anger, outrage, or even in Jairus, at least, a demanding of Jesus to do what it is he asked for. And yet, their desperation led to what might be called a humble boldness. Give that phrase some thought. Humble boldness. Two words that feel like opposites. It's an oxymoron, so to speak. You know, one of those phrases where the words don't seem to work together, like bittersweet, a wise fool, or jumbo shrimp. Humble boldness seems to be a contradiction in terms, but consider the actions of these two. Jairus, humbling himself at the feet of Jesus, an extremely bold action for a man of his importance. The action could indeed threaten his status and authority. If Jesus was not willing or able to cure his daughter as he asked, it could make him the laughingstock among his peers. The woman, risking punishment and ridicule from the entire crowd, just being there, could have her stoned to death. And yet, she dared even to touch Jesus' clothing. When her actions were discovered, she too falls humbly at the feet of Jesus. Her bold humility allows her to be cured, to remove the very condition that makes her unclean. Jairus' humility continues as he allows this unclean, unworthy woman to delay Jesus. With a word, he could have had her removed and punished, but he waits, I assume testing his patience. But he does not interfere with the woman's interaction with Jesus. And because of this very delay, he receives word that his daughter has died. Now, her death has placed her in the very same unclean state as the woman, for to touch a dead body would also render one unclean. But just as Jesus had only compassion for the woman, he shows only a tender compassion for this young girl. He touches her, takes her by the hand, Raising her from the dead has yet again removed the condition, this time death, that made her unclean. Both women have been brought back to cleanness, to health. Jesus has taken what was unclean and perfected it. In this story, we see that Jesus treats both Jairus and the woman with equal respect. Jairus, one of the class of elite who has questioned Jesus about his teachings and even questioned his intentions. But Jesus responds with kindness to his humble boldness. The woman risking everything, afraid to even make herself known in the crowd, confesses the truth 
to Jesus. And after she has touched his clothing and been healed, her faith, boldly and humbly expressed, has been rewarded. Where do you find yourself today? As the woman in the gospel reading, desperately needing healing, whether physical, emotional, or spiritual, feeling abandoned, outcast, hopeless? Jesus waits for you to come near, to touch the hem of his robe, to find what it is you are so desperately looking for. Or are you Jairus, needing just as much Jesus, but in a position to show mercy to others? Can you find the humility of Jairus to fall at the feet of Jesus? Can you find the boldness to reach out to those in the world who are in the most need? It is my prayer today that each of us can begin in little ways to become the Abbeys of the world. Those who, like a child, with that childlike wonder and humility, yearn to know Jesus more deeply with each passing day. Those who have the boldness to reach out to the grumpy old Joes of the world, to share the wonder of who Jesus truly is, to share the healing power of the cross. Amen.